Welcome to the Lifestyle Edit Podcast, a show about creative female entrepreneurs and the businesses they've built. I'm your host, Naomi Mdudu, the Lifestyle Edit founder, business strategist, and coach to creative female founders ready to scale their businesses with intention. Each week, I sit down with a guest to pull back the curtain on the strategies successful entrepreneurs are implementing to scale their income and increase their impact. We are cutting out the fluff to give you weekly insights to uplevel your mindset and tap into your infinite potential to create a life and business you love on your own terms. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Now let's begin. Hi friends and welcome back to another episode of the Lifestyle Edit podcast. This is a really special episode for me today because I am bringing Anna from my team. Anna is our operations and project manager. So I'm talking to Anna on this episode of the podcast because one of the things that you guys have been asking me on Instagram a lot is First of all, who is this Anna? How can I get an Anna? Um, And just some of the systems that we put in place as a business as our team has started to grow. Um, So just to give you a bit of context, when Anna joined my team, she was actually an assistant and now she is without a shadow of doubt my number two and is really helping me um, by kind of getting all of the infrastructural things in place, the processes, hiring new members of the team. She knows the breadth of our business better than anybody else. So by having her, it's really enabled me to move from working in my business to working on my business, thinking about the future, where the business is heading, what's working, what's not working all of that kind of stuff. Um, So yeah, Anna's been in the business for a year and a half now, um, which is crazy. I can't remember life without you. Um, And originally we were working together through a um, VA agency, but we worked so well together that Anna joined us, um, joined the business full time. We got her out of that contract and now she is a firm um, part of the TLE team. So yeah, without a doubt, Anna was one of the best decisions that I've made in the business. And I know there's going to be lots of you who are thinking about bringing on an assistant and then kind of getting to the point like I am where you you do have that number two that can kind of take over the more operations day-to-day running of your business. So I wanted to bring Anna in um, so that she can share some of the systems and things that she's put into place and just give you guys some advice about that whole kind of hiring process because funnily enough, this is her last week before she goes off to maternity leave. So I'm really excited that we've been able to record this conversation for you guys. So Anna, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So before we get started, can you just kind of, let's start from the top. And can you just explain to everybody what your role was when you first started? So when I first started, which it is crazy that that was a year and a half ago, I came on as your assistant, mostly working on um, your calendar and scheduling all of your meetings and photo shoots. Um, I worked um, a lot on your correspondence with your different clients um, and kind of working through the emails in your inbox um, and doing some 
mostly your meeting setup and call setups. And at that time, you were doing a lot of meetings out doing your photo shoots, podcast recordings, um, and going out into the city quite a bit. So I worked a lot on logistics and your your schedule mostly. And you had quite a few clients um, that you were working on. So I would set up a lot of behind the scenes of meetings for those clients as well. Yeah, because it's funny to think about it now. So as you guys know, we, the majority of our time now is spent with our one-on-one coaching clients because I work with them as a business strategist. But when Anna first joined the team, we had multiple clients that we were working with still under TLE Studio with our Done For You services. Um, So it's definitely changed a lot since then. Um, So Anna, just to give people a bit of context, what would you say are some of the things that people should know about working in a small business? So working in a small business is obviously extremely different than working in a corporate job or even something with, um, you know, more than, you know, a handful of employees. One of the biggest things in a small business is you do everything, especially in here at the Lifestyle Edit. It was just the two of us for a little bit. So (laughs) You, the two of us had to do everything. Um, you don't always realize how much work there is or everything that needs to get done. And sometimes it's shocking to know that the founder has been doing all of this the whole time. How many times have I said to Naomi, <laughs> when did you sleep? When I, it just was shocking when she would add a new task onto my to-do list and I would take hours to do it. And I'm like, how has she been doing this all along on top of her daily work? But you know, sometimes when you hire an assistant or a number two, they might think that they're bigger than these tasks or these the ones they thought they would be doing are more fun and more interesting. But nobody's too big for any task in a small business because you can put in all of this time and effort. You know, we it was really exciting to meet with these fabulous women and you interview them and photograph them or do a podcast. But none of that would matter if we didn't do all the behind the scenes things to prepare for those things or get them out to our audience. You know, so something that might just seem pretty small really makes a big difference um, in the the day to day of the business. So you have to understand that you're not too big for any job or task in a small business. You have to work together. Totally. And I think that was one of the reasons why we clicked so quickly because, yeah, there was never a task that was too small. And you knew that I had been doing all of the tasks. So that made that transition period a lot easier. And I think also one of the reasons why Anna and I gelled so much at the beginning is that, Anna, you had no experience of any of the things that you now do, you know, in your sleep in the business, but it was all about attitude. And I know there's going to be lots of people listening who you're not sure, like, do I need to hire someone that has like lots of experience in the type of business that I'm running? But I don't think that's necessary. Do you, Anna? No, absolutely not. And I, I am a firm believer. I've worked quite a few different careers prior to this and I've been able to meet with some like really interesting people and I remember meeting with one really famous marketer and he always said you hire the person and teach the skill and I think that's really accurate you can tell a lot about a person and their willingness willingness to learn um, I think from initial conversations and you can tell somebody's smart enough to do the research and learn the job and I think it's really important that you as a person vibe with 
the founder and their business. And that's where you'll get the willingness for the people to learn the job. Completely. And especially with a small business, like you said, there's so much work that needs to be done that you need to feel that that person is all in. There've been so many times where Anna, you've gone over and above what would ever be expected for you, but it's because you've, you know, from the beginning, it's always kind of been like a partnership that we're building something together. Um, But I think this is a great time actually for you, Anna, to share what were some of the things that I kind of put into place in the beginning that helped make that transition a little bit easier. So when I think of the systems that I had in place when you first started compared to the things that we're doing now, of course you can't compare, but were there any things that kind of helped in the beginning? Um, Well, I've told you before that I was so lucky because there's one word to describe Naomi and it is organized. And that has been a huge help. She The biggest thing prior to me starting is she had Google Drive set up. So we work remotely. You know, we're not in an office together. I can't just pop into her office and say, can you show me this real quick? Or where is this? Um, So we really relied on something that you could share easily that was constantly up to date. And Google Drive was, is, I think, one of the best things because you can organize everything by folder. Um, I was able to, you know, even before my first day, just kind of look through each folder and then look at the documents in the folder so I could get a sense of how you set up your business, how you kept things organized, how you wanted things worded. Um, That was a really great way, I think, for you to keep your business organized and then add people on. You know, it's very easy to share folders and documents through Google Drive. So having that system in place and ready to go before I even started was huge. Um, We did also use, when I first started, we used Asana, which was, I find, very helpful. Like I said, you being organized is like best thing you could have ever done because I'm a very organized person and I like my lists and Asana people don't know it um you're able to just add tasks by day so when I first started I didn't have to waste Naomi's time and say okay what do you want me to do today or what do you want me to work on this week like that that just wastes time so for Asana she would just put in my tasks each day and with notes or any information I needed to complete that task. And when I was done with it, I would mark it as complete and she could see that. Or if I had a question or needed more information, I can make that mark and she would get notified. Um, so I, I know for myself that that was a really good way to kind of get situated, get started and get through my work. And then as time went on, we were able to get into a better routine because I could just get started with something like that. Um, that was a really helpful system that you had set up as well before I started. Anna, are there any things that a founder should tell assistant and assistant in that onboarding process um, so that the assistant can make decisions a lot quicker? Because I guess one of the things that we did in the beginning is that I created lots of templates of emails for any type of scenario that I knew that Anna would be managing. So if it was, for example, organizing one of our shoots, I knew that, you know, it's important for whoever it is that's joining your business to kind of get an idea of the tone, the the types of, you know, with the shoots, there would be things I would require people. So like we'd always do a few outfit changes, things like that. So I would create these templates 
with all of the information that we'd need to relay to whoever it is that we're talking to so that Anna didn't have to copy them verbatim. She could, you know, add her own personality in it, into it, but you would at least have that as a foundation to start with, right? Yes, I, I should have said that. that I, I, <laughs> I feel like you had it all set up. I could just get going. I forget that you did that. But yes, exactly. Doing the template for each different scenario was a huge help. And no, exactly knowing your tone and how you phrased things and worded things was a huge help. Like I said, because we didn't have as much face-to-face -face time because we work remotely. It, I was able to see it right there from the start, knowing, okay, this is how she words this. Um, that is a great system you had set up. Um, other information that you made sure I had from the start, which a founder, you really have to think, you have to think of everything. You have to think outside the box, something you might not even think that your assistant needs to know, but like your home address or your office address. Um, if you take public transit to there, like an address in New York City, I need to know which subway lines Naomi's on so I can kind of keep that in mind when I'm planning her meetings. Place, you know, your meeting preference locations. Something as simple as where you like to sit on the airplane. So when I, if I'm booking you a flight or checking you in, I, once again, don't have to waste time saying, which seat do you like? Like, I just know that from the start. Um, you know, knowing which days you like to work on certain projects. You know, so if I'm scheduling meetings, I know these are the days you can meet on and I can just make that executive decision and do that on your calendar. You know, little things like that that you might not realize are important or matter make a huge difference in an assistant's life. And like you said, that way I can just make that decision and just run with it and not have to waste your time bothering you with those types of questions again and again or later on definitely those scheduling things I think helped us so much because I would just check my calendar and I would see that you know at one point so Thursdays are typically the day that I take meetings and originally I may have seen that I have like one meeting in the morning and then like two meetings in the afternoon but then like a huge gap and then I check again and I can see that Anna has actually rescheduled that meeting in the morning because it just didn't make sense for me to have hours in between um, where it doesn't make sense for me to go home and work um, but so just making sure that you know on those days I have full days because that's how I like to work then mm -hmm. having these big gaps and it's funny now because we have another member of our team Megan and she will email me and say things like oh I've not scheduled any many meetings for you the day before you travel because Anna told me that you don't like to have any meetings the day before you travel and I didn't even realize that that was a thing and it's like yeah actually I don't like talking to people the, the day before I travel but it's all of those little quirks that um yeah, the quirks about you and the way that you work that really set your assistant up for success. Do you have days where you have childcare? Where are your kids going to be? Like all of those, all of that kind of information just makes life so much easier. Um, so talking about Megan, um, the our newest member of the team who's actually replaced you when you got promoted, um, what was some of the what would you what advice would you give to people in the kind of interviewing process because i thought it was really important for you to do those interviews because if there was ever anyone who knew what it took and what we needed for an assistant it was you so are there any questions that people can ask that can 
kind of draw out whether somebody's going to be the right fit? Um, well, I totally agree. Like I, when you're like, oh, you can interview. And I had that slight panic because <laughs> I'm like, this is your business. You know, we're still really small. And I'm like, here I am making this decision for this business, but I, I need to like trust in myself. And, and you're right. I know the job. I know what it entails and what it takes. Um, so I actually enjoyed it and was able to really share with, you know, our different interviewees about what type of role they would be doing. Um, and a lot of the questions that I think were really helpful is you need to get a really good idea of if this person's a team player. You know, especially when we're such a small business, it's a very personal um, type of work environment. Um, this person needed to be able to hop in and just run with it and understand your mindset and how I worked and how you worked. And if they were willing to just do what needed to get done, like we said, you have to be able to do all these different types of tasks. And then another thing is to be able to ask the person you're interviewing to be really honest about their skill level. Like I said, I'm all about hiring the person and teaching the skill, but they have to also be willing to put in the time to research. You know, if I say, okay, do you know how to do this, this, and this, like social media uh, marketing, or are you familiar with that? And if they say, no, not really, but I, I really am happy to do the research. I can teach myself those different um, systems and websites you know if they sound like they really will put in the time to do that that's huge because a lot of people say oh yeah i know how to do it and then they spend all day emailing you the same questions over and over and then you spend all this time explaining it and that's not helping anybody um so being able to find somebody who is really willing to put in the work and doing kind of their own research um will really make a big difference. And I think in the long run of the entire business, because we're just constantly going to grow and you're constantly going to get new tasks added to your plate. So you have to be willing to do a lot on your own end. So they have to be a very independent worker. Um, they have to have a similar work ethic as yourself and the founder, I think, to be able to make this work. Like I said, when it's just only a couple of you, you have to kind of have the same mindset and work ethic or it's, certain things will fall through the task or somebody's going to have to constantly take over that job. And that's not what you hired that person for. Completely. And I think it, that just made me think one of the bits of advice that I would give is that you have to be so honest in the interview process. So the same way that we're expecting honesty from the, the side of the person that we're interviewing from this role, you have, we have to be honest as founders. So when I hired Anna, the first thing, that one of the first things I said to her was, yeah, we're not going to be working together side by side. You know, I split my time between New York and London. Anna is in Florida. So if you need somebody that's going to be sitting beside you there, I can't do it. That's just not going to happen. Mm -hmm. And secondly, I'm not, I don't have time to explain everything. So I can support you and get you set up with the systems that Anna's just kind of walked you guys through. But this is a kind of <laughs> first day we've given you the systems you need to kind of get um get the ball rolling um so, and that is not um going to be the working environment for everybody but i think it's really important to set those expectations in the beginning so somebody that wants to move forward um you know that it's more likely to be the right fit 
Right. And it's and exactly because if you work opposite, very hands-on, I've worked with somebody who was extremely hands-on. They wanted calls like all throughout the day. Um, and that wasn't explained at the beginning. So that also became, can become an issue. You know, you exactly. You need to be very honest about how you work as a founder. Are you kind of more of a micromanager? Do you like the constant contact or is this going to be a more independent role? You know, that needs to be set up from the very start. So your assistant is well aware of what's going to be expected of them and they'll know what kind of support they'll receive throughout their time working with you. Definitely. And one of the things that we implemented relatively recently, I think, Anna, is that what I do at the end at the at the end of every month, looking forward at the upcoming month, is I give a business digest. So I kind of let everybody know how we're doing as a business. Um, you know, how are we, how close are we to our financial goals? You know, what's what what's working, what's not working. I then share what my top priorities are um, in relation to those goals. But then I also give some key focuses for the team. So what are some projects that they can own? Um, what are some of the things that everybody is accountable for? Because one of the biggest lessons I've learned in growing a team is that I feel like you get the best out of your team where you give them the space to be creative and come up with um, ideas and problem solve. But so it's about making people accountable for certain results. Anna, you had that when you were an assistant and now in your current role, it's the same thing. There are certain things that you are responsible for. So I don't care so much about the how. I am just focused mm -hmm. on the the you know what needs to be done the result that needs needs to happen um and we've really changed the way that we've communicated um can you can you share a little bit about that because remember we when we first started off we were doing a call every friday and we realized mm -hmm. that we didn't even need that right and you know especially because like we've said before we work remote um we don't we didn't know each other you know we don't at the beginning you have to I think absolutely be on top of your new hire um, until you can get comfortable. And like you said, once you knew I could do the work, it's like, okay, just do it. You know, I don't exactly, you don't have to do the how. <laughs> so we started with, you know, our weekly Friday morning calls. Um, we would check in with each other. You know, you were in London, I think when we started and I'm here in the States, I live down in um, Florida. Um, so that was even a bigger, you know, not, it wasn't even an issue, but it was a bigger thing to kind of talk about. But so we would start with our Friday morning calls, catch up on the week, talk about what needed to get done for the next week. Then we progressed and realized, okay, we didn't need this. You know, we understood what each other's roles are, what needed to get done. So then I would send um, emails at the end of my day and tell you what I, kind of, I did, if there were any updates of any tasks you asked me to complete, what was getting ready for the rest, for the next day or the rest of the week. And now we kind of just do our, our check-in calls to kind of just regroup, talk about things that need to get done, give any quick updates if I hadn't emailed you, you know, just the progression of, um, you know, I think it goes along with the trust aspect as well, but just of seeing how each other works together and knowing that the work is getting done. Um, you know, we didn't need to have those calls. Definitely. And I think that's, that was actually, guys, just to give you a bit of context, one of the reasons why we moved out of Asana. I definitely recommend Asana when you're onboarding new team members. But when things are constantly evolving and changing, it ended up feeling like another job for me to do, to put everything into Asana. 
So that's why now that we do our kind of the month ahead and just kind of doing top line priorities, results that we're aiming for and that kind of thing, it just it just takes away having to break down every single task. It just gives the team the independence to figure out how they can do that in the best way. And we try and keep it super flexible. So I don't care when Anna is working, so long as it's done, right? We try and keep right. that kind of communication flowing so that everyone um, can work in the way that they want to. Because I think that's what's so great about working in a startup and a startup that has this kind of remote structure is that you know people are able to kind of work in the ways and times that kind of best suit them um so Anna now that we have Megan on board um what were some of the things that you found in kind of the onboarding process because I loved it I was completely hands-off in this process What if I told you that I have a group of like-minded women to connect you with who are at a similar stage of business, but with different strengths and challenges? Women who are ambitious and ready to do the hard work like you, who you could crowdsource your ideas with and get constructive feedback in a safe, confidential space. What if I told you that you could tap into this group, not only for support and accountability, but for insights into the strategies that are working and in real time? That's what the TLE Accountability Circle is all about. It's a monthly membership community for entrepreneurs who want to learn from like-minded founders and be held accountable for taking steps to realize their goals. Take your business and impact to the next level and transform your mindset in this amazing group. Apply today via the link in our show notes. Um, so I noticed that, well, as <laughs> um, it becomes a lot more work for the person <laughs> hiring. And you're like, oh, great. I have this new assistant. I have this person. You, you as a founder, you hire somebody, you're going to be like, oh my God, great. You start Monday. Perfect. I'm going to give you all these tasks. Uh, no, um, it will be a lot more work for you prior to the person starting in those first few weeks, which will be so beneficial in the long run. But you have to remember, like I said, Naomi did all of this prep work and set up all the templates. She organized all of our documents. She knew exactly the information I needed to get my job done. So that took a lot of time out of her already super busy schedule to set that up. But like we said, I was able to get going right away. Um, But you need to be able to really teach your new employee exactly how you like things done. You need to be able to explain, you know, especially if you are kind of particular about if you want things done a certain way, you need to take the time to explain that to your new employee. And that may take time. Um, Like I said before, when you work remote like this, you don't have that benefit of just hopping in somebody's office and say, oh, I have a quick question about this. Or can you show me how to do this real quick? Like those become long emails, um, which take more time. You know, I would send Naomi a couple questions in an email if I couldn't figure it out. And then that would mean she'd have to take time to respond. Or sometimes that would become a phone call or a Skype meeting. You know, I've noticed with um, hiring Megan, I would say, let's just hop on Skype or something. It would be easier for me to just talk this through over the phone. And I would send her screenshots of things. That was obviously a lot more work than just saying, okay, here are your tasks. 
but that way we knew that she knew exactly what she was doing. She knew how we like to do things at the lifestyle edit. And I knew that she had the information all on hand and it gave her time to ask any questions um, that kind of came up or she'd say, no, I don't understand what you mean. Can you say that differently? Um, that gave us that opportunity and it, it took a lot more time out of my day. Um, but in the long run, it makes all of the difference. You need to make sure that your new employees feel comfortable and that they know what they're doing. Um, totally. Before, before you just say, okay, here you go. So just <laughs> as a founder, you need to remember, don't at first be like, oh, this was a mistake. Like they're asking too many questions. I don't think they're going to get it. That's how it's going to be because they don't know your, they might not even know your um, business or this field. So they have a lot to kind of learn in that aspect. You know, I wasn't familiar with like fashion or anything. And Naomi would write something, um, you know, an abbreviation or even that you are from London. So you might say something. Um, like we say end of day here and you would say end of play, EOP, and I'd have to yeah. Google what that means. You, know, like, you have to understand that it's going to take a little time for people to feel comfortable um, to work for you. So just keep that in mind that it's, it is a lot of work. <laughs> Definitely. So how long would you say, would you give people as like the time to get somebody fully onboarded? Um, I... I want to say, you know, I feel like I was optimistic when we hired Megan too. Um, you know, at least two weeks of a lot of hands-on, you know, you're going to have these phone calls, you're going to have a lot of questions, but then add another, you know, at least week or two of they're going to, so once you say, okay, here, you're going to do these tasks on your own, you know, I'm no longer going to be like CC'd on that email or sitting with you on a phone call as you do the task. Yeah. Give them a week or two of doing them and letting them ask any questions. Oh, I forgot. You explained how to do this. Can you tell me how to do it one more time? Or is, did I do this right? Cause it might be the first time they're actually doing the task. Yeah. So I'd say, you know, at least a month of, you know, just kind of catch up. And then by then they should have a kind of a good understanding of what they're supposed to do and how they're supposed to do it. I think and that would be realistic. Would you say? Totally. And I think also the more, now that we've now hired another person, the next person we hire is going to be even more seamless because, you know, we love using Trello. So we'll jot down like, okay, what were some of the things that this team member was asking about? They didn't quite understand. How can mm -hmm. we make that process more clear? So again, it's taking exactly. less time for that onboarding process to run. Um, exactly. And like, and like Anna said, we use Google Drive. So we upload if there's like a big ongoing project that people um that somebody's working on we like do color coding and things like that so that i don't have to check in to see whether anna's done something or megan's done something because i can see like they've color coded it okay green they've done that outreach yellow we're still waiting to hear back you know just those sorts of things it enables everybody to kind of get out of their inbox and just be able to check where everybody is with their work at a glance and like Anna said you know in the beginning just making sure that they're keeping you in cc on those emails so they can feel confident that you know they're doing the right thing makes a really big impact so actually Anna what are some of the other kind of apps and systems that we use in our business so we've spoken about google drive is there anything else that we use that's made your life a lot easier 
Um, yes, I feel like this is going to be an advertisement for Calendly. <laughs> uh, that when you suggested that, I remember. I think I said to you, like, this is a game changer. Because, um, <laughs> like we said at the beginning, I was doing a lot of. I was doing your entire calendar, and that involves setting up podcast recordings, phone calls, meetings, um, photo shoots. And as anybody who's tried to set up meetings or um, anything like that via email, you waste a lot of time in the back and forth. You email somebody, do you want to meet? Then they respond, yes. Then you have to send them dates. And they say, no, these dates don't work. To these times, it's just a waste of time of so much back and forth. Um, and if you have an assistant that maybe is only working a limited amount of hours, you don't want them to just be sitting there waiting for a response on an email. Calendly has been huge because we can put in all the different types of meetings, the days that you that are available and the times, and I could just send those links out to people and they can look at the calendar and choose a day and time that works for them and book it in and all the infos inputted into our Google calendar. It was like, I felt <laughs> like I had all this time back. It was just, a, that was a huge um, thing, especially since it's such a large portion of my job was scheduling. So that made it much easier. And then also any of the social media schedulers that we use like Tailwind or Iconosquare, having something that like one day I could just input all the content, schedule it out, knowing it was set for the week, the month, two months, whatever. Um, that was, that's very helpful. I think in a business, like we said, you were doing so much and that was one more thing you can just check off the list and say, okay, all of Pinterest is done or all of our Instagram's done for the next couple of weeks. Like you can just move on to the next, next task. So any type of system that kind of allows you to do all this prep work and schedule helps so much. So you can get all the other stuff done, the day-to-day -day tasks. Definitely. And how do you organize your time? One of the things that I love about Anna that she did automatically that just ends up working really well. And I've tried to instill that across the business is that Anna doesn't, unless it's urgent, she won't respond to emails from me during the day. She'll add it to her roundup at the end of the day. So she knows that I'm often just doing a brain dump. I just want to know that I've told her this or I've said this. She'll wait to do that round everything up and respond to me in that end of the day and that's one of the things that we've been talking Anna and I've been talking about is how can we be more productive how can we make sure that everybody and the team knows how to organize their time so for example you're not feeling like you're being productive because you're just clearing your inbox but you one of your tasks were linked to a revenue revenue generating task and that's been fallen by the wayside because you're trying to do your inbox so how do you organize your time because i know that you're really big on batching i was just going to say i am like you and i like to do my batching so i you know know that okay i try to think of what i have to get done during the day and set it up that way okay i'm going to look through my emails all real quick flag what needs to get responded to today um, and whether, and if it's super important, I'll email right then and there, but other things can wait. And then exactly. I'll do all of, you know, if we're working on an event, I'll say, okay, all today, this morning, I'm going to do all the emails for that event or set up things for that event. Then I will work on our social media. I exactly. I like to do batches, um, so that I can just get it all done and, 
I like to stay organized that way because I can't have too many things going at different <laughs> times. Like you said, I, I like to send at the end of the day, I put all the answers in one email because I think it's dumb to have 30 emails. And I, and I know you just send them to me because you think of it. Okay, Anna, did you email this person? Oh, where are we on this? It, which makes total sense. But I think it's also easier to have all the answers in one email at the end of the day. I always joke with Naomi that I'm crazy and need everything <laughs> super organized. Um, you and do. my husband would attest to that, but, um, I, yeah, I like to just, cause then I can say it's all done, you know, okay. Everything, all of this social media marketing and scheduling. Okay. I can check that off the list and it's done. It's just much easier than being like, Oh, I have to, Oh, did I finish that? Did I not finish it? Yeah. Um, I think batching is just a really great way to organize your time. And then, um, you know, if you know, if you didn't do it, then you know, you can do it the next day or something. And I think also one of the things that's helped us in trying to do this whole batching method is that it means that with every limb of the business that everybody's responsible for, we are so far in advance. So like I said, Anna's about to go on maternity leave. So there's so many things like working on things for the podcast. We're now booked up until December um you know when we do our like pinterest scheduling we're now booked up until the end of the year again instagram booked until the end of the year so it just means that if anything comes up that needs urgent attention mm -hmm. the team's attention can go to that rather than being like ah oh, we don't have anything for instagram tomorrow or oh the newsletter's not scheduled um so we try and incorporate um batching in our business as much as possible um so anna i'd love to just round up and just give people a bit of kind of actionable advice and takeaways on what you think kind of makes for a good founder and number two relationship because it just so happened that it worked and our personalities kind of work well together but it could have it could have worked the complete opposite um and because of the way that our personalities work i feel like we can support one another so i now feel like i can really focus on the business and thinking about, you know, where things are moving. And, you know, especially now having a team, having you, having Megan really inspires me because I want to make this business as successful as possible so that I'm creating um, stability for you guys. Um, so I just wonder, are there any kind of things that you would say to, to people about what makes a good dynamic between a founder and a number two? Um, absolutely. Yeah. I've got a couple little points. Well, first and foremost, um, I, you need to agree with each other on your business and your mission. You know, I have always been a firm believer in women supporting other women. I think that's the only way the world's going to go around. And I think I said that to you on our very first interview and talk together. So when I found out what your business does, I knew I could support you. I knew I could be part of it especially because it was just the two of us. I wasn't working for this big corporation where you go in to just do your, you know, eight hours a day, do your job, come home, dread work. You know, you can't have that mindset in a small business, especially, you know, small one. It's just a kind of two or three of you. You have to want it as just as much as this founder does and agree with what they're doing and um, really supporting them in that. Um, 
I was lucky to be able to do a lot of research on the lifestyle edit and Naomi. So I got a sense of the type of person you were and your mindset regarding your business. Um, so I knew that that was something that I wanted to be a part of. Um, so as a founder and number two, I think agreeing on that type of thing is hugely important. And also having very clear expectations from the start. Like I said, I could do the research on you. And I knew that you interviewed a lot of women. You went and met with them to photograph them, interview them, or record podcasts. You had all these clients. So this meant it was a very personal and interactive business. So I knew customer service would be really important. So I knew, okay, going in, I have to remember that how I email and interact with your current contacts and new ones was really important because I was representing you in the business. So you have to really understand the goals and expectation of the business and make sure that everybody was on board with that. I love that. I love that. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> having a, another big thing is clearly having a common work ethic. We've talked about this a bit. Um, I know you've said this before. I know many founders will feel this way, but nobody is going to love your business as much as you do. I could try really hard, but this was your baby. This is your blood, sweat, and tears for how many months and years you were the one who put in all this work and effort. I wasn't there for this whole ride. So I can't feel that way unless I had done it too, but I can come really close and I can appreciate how you feel about your business and how much work you've put in so far. So I may only be working, you know, weekdays in my hours. Um, but I know what this business means to you and I can put everything I can into those business hours. You know, I may not be working weekends or late at night. Like I know all you founders do lay in bed, you know, writing in notes or meeting on weekends. And though I may not be doing that, I know that you are. So I'm going to put in everything I can during my hours to support you in the business. So having somebody with that similar work ethic or appreciation, I think can really benefit the relationship between a good founder and a good number two. Um, I think and then, that, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Anna, you're on a roll, I like it. No, and just another final thing is you have to be open and trusting in each other. You know, we did not know each other at all. We didn't even have the benefit of meeting in person. Um, but luckily we have been honest from the very start. And I needed you to be honest with me about the goals for the job, the expectations, if I was doing something wrong, if you wanted me to do something differently, um, what you needed. You have to be completely upfront about that, um, which is hard to do with somebody you've just hired that you don't know at all. You're trying to be a good boss. You know, it, that's a fine line. A lot of people have a very difficult time managing people you have to be honest in a productive way. Um, just like I have to be honest with Naomi. If I needed help with something, if I didn't know really what she meant by that email, I couldn't be afraid to ask her. You know, like she said, I'm pregnant and there were some times where I needed an afternoon off or if I had a family emergency, I, have, I had to tell her what was going on and keep her updated and be honest of my workload or things like that because Otherwise, it would never have worked because things just wouldn't get done. And then she would say, what's going on with this? You, you can't have that in any type of business, never mind a small business. So you have to be willing to trust each other and be very open and honest with one another because um, we can't hold things back or not support one another or it just never would have worked. 
definitely because i i think that's a really interesting point um an important point especially in a small business the personal and the private merge so much right mm-hmm. and i know so much about the kind of inner workings of my dynamics between my life in london my life in new york and it's been a real learning curve for me also you're the first person who's been on my team that's had a baby. So also just that dynamic of um, me, you know, being, you know, being the founder of the business that you, that you're working at, but also me trying to support you outside of that and make sure that you are feeling as held and supported and nurtured through your pregnancy as possible. So I do think that in a small business, there's never going to be that definitive line. I think that naturally a lot of those things become blurry and, you know, as a founder, you're going to want the best for them professionally, but also personally too, even if at times that means to the detriment of whatever it is that you're working on, that has to come first. Um, Anna, thank you so much for being on the show. No, I was really excited to do this. I was nervous, but I, I think these are important things, you know, every business the goal is to have it grow and that means adding on more people and i think it's important to know how to do that correctly for it to be successful so i'm glad to have been able to help thank you so that's it for this week's episode of the lifestyle edit podcast you can download more episodes of this podcast and subscribe in apple podcasts or itunes If you enjoyed what you heard, we would love a review or recommendation. It's the number one way for us to share these stories and insights with as many creative female entrepreneurs as possible. And don't forget, all the information on how to join the TLE community is in the show notes or simply head to thelifestyleedit.com to sign up.